0: Welcome, one and all, to Umami Manga. I'm one of your hosts, Petter, and with me I got my co-host, James. How's it going? And today we're talking about volume five of To Your Eternity. For us, it's been like three weeks, I think, since we recorded the discussion on the fourth volume. Oh,
1: yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. It has been a long wait, and it was nice refresher to... to reread this and take some notes
0: yes yes uh, I, I i'm glad at least that this this break didn't happen like between volumes one and two or between three and four like where it's like oh it like, my gosh you know at least that's good but for those listening if anyone's listening you know along real time as we're uh, releasing these it's only been one week since we released uh, our volume four discussion but anyway without further ado let's get into the the characters talk about them one by one for this volume so let's start with fushi as per usual um, I think one of the interesting things about him in this volume is that he kind like, of, how he views all life as precious, even though not everyone else agrees with him on that. Mm-hmm. Like, the Beholder, well, of, of course, since since before we've known the Beholder has a different outlook on human life compared to, well, pretty much everybody else. Mm. And in this volume, we also see Tonari arguing that some people are better off dead because of kind of the sins that they've committed mm-hmm. um but in this volume we saw fushi went out of his way not to kill the opponents that he was up against in the tournament and we also see him still caring about peorin very much like a family member even though she may have a pretty shady past <laughs> um so you know that that was all really nice to see really the goodness in fushi um, right but at the very end of the volume, Hayase was someone he really wanted to kill. Mm. And I, I don't blame him for that. But no. but that that kind of clashed with kind of what his character had been about throughout this entire volume before, like leading up to that. But it was a nice kind of contrast, I thought. Um, and I think he probably felt something very similar as he felt, you know, when March had just died. I, th- I think his emotions were similar to that in that moment when he kind of just went crazy on Hayase there.
1: Yeah. I mean, technically, as far as we understand, Hayase has killed two of the most precious people to him, mm-hmm. at least in his life. So, it's it's understandable that he would freak out the way he did. Yeah. Um, I will say that I think part of the reason he feels the way he does about life and how it's precious is is because of what Perona said to him about the meaning, having a meaning in life and whatnot. And yeah. I think that kind of ingrained in him, at least that memory ingrained in him that the feelings of life being precious. I mean, that's probably not the only thing. It's probably his entire experiences, but it did seem to me that he relied on that memory yeah. quite a bit as he was, you know, also thinking about what Tonati said. True. Mm. But, you know, when the person who supposedly killed Perona comes out and says, yeah, it was me, you know, yeah. I, that the person that put that that mentality into him, yeah, he's gonna I think he is gonna maybe lose control a little bit.
0: Yeah, and also the way she did it, like, true, it was really, like, teasing him, and it was not pleasant.
1: No, it was not. Hmm. You know, just speaking of Fushi, I think hmm? throughout the beginning of this volume, he really had a, a bad attitude or, like, a I don't want to be in this situation right now kind of thing and and understandable he's been he went through a lot he lost Gugu now Pioran is gone Um, he has to go through these painful matches every time or you know Hmm. a lot of time and and so he was kind of the bad attitude not willing to really open up to anybody at that point it was almost like he was an angsty teenager and it was nice to see that transformation at least him open up as he went through now Part of it had to do with his kind of growing relationship with tonari or at least the complicated relationship that they had at the beginning yeah. but i think that at first he definitely definitely just didn't want to be there and wasn't willing to open up
0: and i really understand that because he was tricked onto the island by tonari herself <laughs> so, yeah so i really don't blame him for you know, wanting to distance himself from her to some degree. For sure. You know. For sure. But I did love how he, like, really kind of became best buddies with that guy that he fought in the semifinals. Yeah, that was like, great. That <laughs> was so funny. So, so sweet.
1: Right. I, I think that goes to your point about him treasuring life and, you know, treasuring people. Right. And him probably wanting to get to know people or wi- willing to get to know people... If he feels like he can trust them. But with Tanati, obviously he couldn't at that time, mm-hmm. or he felt like he couldn't. Uh and again, it's understandable why. But as we see later on, he eventually does. And I think uh I, I don't know, I think it's it, it it well, it's important that he does because when the knocker comes, he realizes he can't he can't do it on his own, or at, at the very least, mm-hmm. he's in incapable of doing it. And it's not until he relies on the others, relies on the village and Tonati's ragtag team of youngsters that yeah. <laughs> they are able to take it down. And I think that's the important lesson he learned here, or I hope he learned, is yeah. he needs to rely on others. And there's a line that Tonati gives that I'll just say it now because we're we're here. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, sometimes you need help changing fate. And mm. I didn't think too much about it when I first read it, but my second read through I was like, wow, you know, that's pretty profound. It's not like we're always thinking about changing fate all the time, but let's say you have a deadline or, or something that needs to get done. It's so much easier to, to, to rely on others as as well and just make it makes it it makes it possible to be able to make that deadline or or change the probable the improbable to probable and Mm. i i think that's pretty profound and for fushi he needs these kind of i guess more more than one head (laughs) to take down the knockers that are evolving and and figuring out ways to take down fushi's powers
0: absolutely i think I think this is something he should have realized sooner. You know, even back mm-hmm. in Volume Three, when he was actually straight up defeated by the Knocker. Yeah. You know, it wasn't if it hadn't been for 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 Gugu, he had he would have remained uh, defeated. Uh huh. Um, and and even in Volume Four, even though in the end he defeated himself, he he well he was in Gugu's form, and he had had help from Gugu himself right. prior, you know, to that in that in that battle. So he actually hasn't defeated a knocker by himself since the very first knocker encounter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really the only one he ever defeated completely by himself. And yeah, like, it is really thanks to Tonari, I think, or I hope, yeah, that Fushi starts to understand that he he does need help from others sometimes. Yeah. He can't just go at it by himself all the time.
1: And I agree with you that I think he should have learned that, or I would I would have hoped he had learned that Previously, and at least in the fourth volume, mm. but I think it's also the fact he doesn't want others to get hurt, and he knows that yeah. if they do get close to him and start helping him, that they will hurt or, get, or potentially die. And I think losing P- Piorin, well, losing Gugu obviously, but also losing Pior and you know, having that separation, kind of reaffirmed to him that everyone that's close to me, something bad happens to them. Mm. Um, at least that's how I see it, and I yeah. think that was part of his hesitation to open up and to to want to rely on other people.
0: Yeah, that that really has become a big struggle for him at this point. Yeah, but I but but I I do feel like this volume may be a kind of turning point potentially on that regard because it was a I feel like it was on a, on a new level kind of the way he yeah. received the help from the others in this one was on a, on a new level than it had been before, so. Yeah, I, I do hope he can learn from that. Having those explosives
1: is is gonna be really helpful
0: moving ah, forward. yes, yes, very, ho- very I helpful. <laughs> right, and also having the explosive arrows that he can you know make as many as he wants of, and also having Perona's form to shoot mm. them with. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's something actually that I hadn't really, I didn't pick up on in the. First or the second volumes, you know, where Perona was around. I I know I I I remembered from back then she always wanted to use the heavy bows because Mm -hmm. I I don't know if it was some sense of pride in that for her. Like at least that that's kind of the the sense I got. But you know, she she didn't quite get the hang have you know, get the hang of those bows as we saw you know, the the couple times when she used them, uh, a bow back in those volumes. And we we saw that in this one too, when he was in that form, but as soon as he switched to a lighter bow it was like bullseye right, right away. So, yeah. I, I guess I guess Perona really was an expert archer. She just... I, m- maybe she was trying to challenge herself. Like, trying to in- improve herself by using something that's, that, that's more difficult to use. Um, like, she had already mastered the light bow. And she wanted to master the heavy bow too, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. Possibly. I guess we won't find out like for for sure but but yeah at at least we know now that fushi can shoot quite well when in Mm. her form but another one of fushi's struggles that became clear uh at the very end of the volume sort of was in his nightmare that kind of the the volume kind of ended off with where (sighs) yeah it's disturbing first of all um but in that nightmare he he felt like he had been away from home for, like, a really, really long time, even though it had been barely half a year, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And considering he will live for literally an eternity unless he's somehow permanently defeated by the Knockers, which I don't know if... Well, I don't know exactly how that works, but, like, unless the Knockers do something, he will live for an eternity. So it must be really rough if six months feels like an eternity in and of itself to face that future... It's gotta be very hard. Like, there's no end in sight at all.
1: Yeah. I imagine as he, as the years pass, I think that feeling might dwindle because he is still, he's still young mentally. I think that maybe because he's Ooh. so young, time is a little, it feels a little different for him.
0: That's a really good point.
1: Once he matures more, then maybe. Maybe time will go quickly. I don't know.
0: Yeah. No, actually, I think that's a really good point because I remember when I was like seven years old or six years old, like, yeah, man. you know, uh, time f- went by so slow, <laughs> but S-
1: summertime, you know, when you're out of school, it felt like, you know, forever. And then you get back. Well, not forever, but it felt so long. And then you get back to school. It's like, oh my gosh, it's going to take years before I can get, get out of school again. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Totally didn't mean, didn't mean to go on that tangent. Yeah,
0: no, no, but it it, 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 I think it was a really good point. I think that works as a really good explanation to that. Hopefully, like, I, I hope he will able to get over that with time yeah. in this kind of way, and that it, it's not going to be this kind of struggle for him forever. That would be, that would be torture.
1: Yeah, I agree. That would be torturous. And maybe mm-hmm. there will be a point that he feels it almost unfair that he lives forever where everyone else around him dies and not just live forever as in he can't be murdered but more that he doesn't age well mm. he does well i guess he, he did age he can, if he wants to. He can <laughs> age if he wants to there you go <laughs>
0: yeah but yeah yeah mm-hmm. anything more on fishy
1: i don't have anything more
0: all right then let's move on to tonari when she was seven her mom was murdered and her dad was accused of having killed her but he said he hadn't or he, he said he didn't <laughs> uh Tonari decided to go with him on the exile to the island because she trusted him and she mm-hmm. didn't want to be left alone. That's kind of her her past summarized. And I thought I thought that was also something pretty interesting about her dad was how we we never actually got to know for sure whether he killed her mom or not.
1: Yeah, that's uh that's what I want to ask you. Do you think her father killed the mother?
0: I'm going to say honestly, if I'm going to give I hadn't planned on giving any kind of answer to this. But oh. my speculation, <laughs> if I, if I'm gonna give an answer because I want to now that you ask me, I'm gonna say yes because um, because when he entered the tournament to you know get him and his daughter off the island, he ended up winning, but it changed him like he was acting he was like a completely different person. Mm-hmm. like Tanar didn't recognize him uh, right after after he had killed all those people and I just feel like that might signify that he is a killer. Like, like maybe he was a killer already or something like that. Not sure though, but Right. What do you think?
1: I, I I feel similarly similarly. And uh part of it is because of the way he acts when he gets into the Coliseum and how Tanati says, That's not my father, and the way that kind of flashback ends. But also how I believe she brings it up again to Fushi. Not again, but she she brings it up to Fushi and it and I think she says Something along the lines, I, I trusted him that he didn't kill my mother and that, how she was wrong. I can't, I can't remember which chapter that was.
0: Yeah. No, but I I know which which scene you're talking about. It's... Well... Yeah. She compares Fushi's situation with Piorin to her situation with her father, where... Yeah. She, where yeah. You, 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 you... It's a, someone you view as... You love them as family, but mm-hmm. they supposedly have done something very bad. Right. So believing them or not believing them, like that could be a diff- difficult, difficult thing.
1: Yeah, and I think that's where her own mentality in life, where they deserve—if they've killed people, you know—if they're—if they're murderer, they deserve to die. Right. If they're a terrible, terrible person, they deserve to die. And I think that's where that mentality comes from because she had trusted her father, but she sees him as the the terrible manslaughter that he that he became in the Colosseum. Yeah. And yeah, that kind of gave her that that mindset and impression so i i'm also of the opinion that yes maybe maybe it's kind of a fake out by Oima, but at this point I'm, I'm i am thinking that it was the father maybe we'll never find mm. out maybe it'll be left ambiguous
0: right but. yeah <laughs> remains to be seen but you know after she kind of well her father died and she moved on she was able to find a new crew um, like a new family of sorts. She had her, mm-hmm. uh well, she had her owl Lygard since since before this, but she found her new friends Sandal, Mia, Upa, and Uroy. <laughs> well, they they don't have too much of a presence. I mean, they they're they're around and they're you know, right. pretty pretty cool, like kind of quirky little kids.
1: Yeah, they're they're pretty chill. They don't really have much of a, a role until the last, maybe not the last chapter, but there's like a Towards the end, there's a couple of chapters where they're chilling with Fushi, talking with him, mm. and they help him take down the uh, knocker. So, right. or maybe it's not that in order, but <laughs> either way, well, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, that's really only the characterization we get of them is there.
0: Yeah, and I wasn't planning on like dedicating a segment to either of them. So, if there's anything you want to talk about, yeah, them, I guess we can touch on that here. If there is anything at all.
1: No, not really. Uh, just mm. it's a nice group of kids. I like their little family they have going on. Yeah. Um, I love Mia. She uses the chair.
0: Yeah, it's so cool. She uses it as a shield and that's like an offensive weapon. <laughs> <It's> so cool. <laughs> it's
1: like WWE, you know, or I don't know. Have you ever played Final Fantasy Seven Remake?
0: Uh, no, I have not.
1: So one of the characters, Aerith, literally has a, web- a chair. Like she takes a chair and just like beats someone.
0: <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But anyway, sweet, um,
1: sweet. yeah, so yeah, th- that was funny. But there's really there's really not much I could take from them. The, obviously, the focus yeah. was on Tonari.
0: For sure, for sure. And we also learn that it was Hayase that had told Tonari to lure Fushi onto the island. Um, mm-hmm. Although I gotta say, when I first when we first saw that flashback in this volume, of like you know the hooded person yeah. that was referred to only as the guest, uh, mm-hmm. like I think my first time reading it, I had the suspicion that ooh, like because it had like a similar kind of vibe as the beholder, um, right? I like I didn't think it was the beholder because the hood was different mm-hmm. and kind of the the face was different because we saw like the ice sort of in the darkness of the under the hood. But I like my, my, my brain went to like, oh, what if this is like the creator of the knocker or something like that? Yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah.
1: I, I'll, I'll <laughs> admit i admit I went that way too at first. Ooh, nice. I nice. really did. <laughs> Just, you know, I wasn't expecting Hayase to come back into the story mm. at all, really. Cause I thought she had been terribly mauled by the bear. I mean, yeah, she came, she came back at the end and, got shot by perona but
0: mm.
1: i thought that was I thought that was it to be honest right
0: um
1: but but anyway the the yeah the hooded figure thing was uh very ominous
0: yeah something else about tonari was that she was able to hear the knocker before fushi could uh oh. she could hear like the rumbling or something like that like
1: that's true a
0: moment a moment before it attacked fushi uh, which was interesting. Like, sure, the the beholder had already warned Fushi about it, like yeah. already before that. But then you know, they were distracted by other people, and and then and then Tonari noticed it like a couple seconds before it attacked Fushi again, and 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 he didn't seem to notice it at at that point in time. So I, I thought that was an interesting thing. Like, maybe she I, I, either, I guess her perception is is uh, very good, probably.
1: Mm. Yeah, I th- I could see that.
0: And she also, when they were, when they were, <laughs> when Fushi accidentally uh, made them all fall asleep, you know, with the the ramen <laughs> bowls and all, she yeah. she woke up seemingly before everybody else. Although I don't know if that's, if that's weird or not.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure why she was able to, I, I, I wondered that too, of like, at, when I first read it, I thought, wait, was she faking being asleep? Uh, right. Because <laughs> the way, because the way she woke up, but I, maybe she's. Just a light sleeper, even even under the powers of the uh, Western Morning Glory. I mean, before I was I was really g- getting to or getting comfortable with her, but it was at that moment where she apologized, and you yeah. know, just kind of at least at least gave that apology that I really saw how you know sweet she was, and I and I really started to. I mean, I was already starting to like her, but I think yeah. I was you know excited to see more of her character after after that point Hmm. and i I guess that means that implies that i didn't really like her beforehand kind of i even like at the end of volume four i was kind of lukewarm on her But that's because it was just beginning and i was just trying to get over gugu so so. well
0: of course (laughs) uh
1: so maybe i'm like fushi i was like fushi in that sense like i don't i don't care right now i'm still mourning here yeah um But no, but Mm. as as volume five went on, she was a bit annoying, and I could see how this would get on Fushi's nerve. But I also thought it was kind of cute and a little uh, and charming in that way, Mm. even though she was being a bit distrustful or kind of impish. Is that the right word? Or. uh, cunning like maybe somewhat cunning but anyway it's yeah yeah i don't blame fushi for not warming up to her but i think by, by the end for me I, I was totally on board with Tonati's character and i and i'm and i really uh, am enjoying her and her facial expressions and just <laughs> the personality she brings she's she's such a, a a fun and dynamic personality oh yes especially in her facial expressions compared to some of the other characters that we've had so um it's fun to see that that contrast
0: yeah yeah she's a really interesting character i think because well throughout this volume well obviously starting in the at the end of the previous one for better or for worse she kind of gets involved with fushi you know she right like both in good and bad ways uh i i think you know she she was the one that tricked him onto the island so that's bad but she (laughs) she was also crucial in helping defeat the knocker so that was good
1: yeah, mm-hmm. And, you
0: know, she, she toys with Fushi and kind of seems to withhold information and stuff. That's bad. But, on the other hand, she watches over him and tries to keep him safe on the island and all of that stuff. So, she, she has, like, good and bad sides, which I think makes her into a very well-rounded and realistic yeah. and interesting character. So, I love her.
1: Totally. <laughs> and when, when she says, what, or like, when she's, like, really frustrated, said, what can I do to get you to like me? Whatever. Mm, yeah. I, I did really feel for her there. Even if she hadn't apologized yet. Right. I really do feel for her or I, I felt for her there.
0: For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. She she's great. She's great. So I, I look forward to seeing seeing more I look she Look
1: forward she... to seeing her die in the next volume. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. It could be it could be elongated. It could she could last longer, or maybe she won't. Maybe maybe she will be spared some for some reason.
0: But... Mm. Well, at the, at least at the very end of the volume, we see her coming to Fushi's rescue. Yeah. Uh, after he was captured by Hyasis, So, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. Do you got anything more on Tonari right now?
1: No, I don't.
0: All right. Then let's talk, I guess, I guess let's talk about Hayase, Cause Sure. She's the one I have the most for out of the rest of them. So, well, she's back and she has the hots for Fushi now.
1: Oh, my gosh. She has your, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, I did not see that. Look, I did not see her getting this crazy, nor did I see her freaking licking uh-huh. his face. Yeah. oh my gosh! And I know it was a nightmare.
0: Well, not the first time.
1: Not not the first time. No, I. I what about to say?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I I know I know it was a nightmare, but
0: she was literally raping
1: him or about to rape him.
0: Uh, yes. yes. But that
1: but that was that was his nightmare. So. I guess we can't say that that was the case, but I wouldn't at this point, I would not put it past her.
0: Well, honestly, the thing, the thing is like when we see, you know, yeah, yeah. Like the very end of the volume where it's in the nightmare. She, she does lick him the second time, but the first time is like real, real thing happening. Right. He's lying there on the ground sleeping and she comes over there, puts her body all over his, and she licks his face. And like, (sighs) that's super disturbing. First of all, that in in and of itself, but mm-hmm. I don't even want to imagine kind of what else she might have done to Fushi while he was sleeping there. Like, it's really disturbing. Oh. It's so disturbing. To, like, I honestly, I mean, we don't know. We don't know. Because, you know, that, that was kind of just, just a brief little little scene. It was kind of cut off from that.
1: So you're saying it could be implied, not, not not for a matter of fact, but it could be implied that maybe what Fushi was dreaming about is kind of what happened earlier?
0: Maybe, yeah, I think... Potentially.
1: Oh, uh, that would make more sense why his dreams would go that way. Mm. Oh, so yeah, man. it's
0: uh really That's messed up. Really messed up, yeah. Dang. So I I wonder what's happened to her to make her suddenly like desire Fushi in this way, you know? I, I mean I guess it's been four or five years, like um so a lot could have happened, but Yeah. She definitely has changed.
1: Yes, yeah. I mean, she's yeah, super crazy. Uh-huh. Uh, I I don't know if I don't know. I think I wrote my wrote my notes. The bear claw to the face messed her up even more than I thought it would. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, also, her nails are nasty. They are gross. She put it, she puts her hand on. On mm-hmm. Tonari uh, no, at one point, and they're just like nubs, the gross nubs. And blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I, yeah. I don't. She still has the. Yamone's soldiers, exactly, and that tells me that she hasn't been exiled. At least, I I don't think she she still has some sort of control, or at least some sort of power within her uh, people. I think.
0: Yeah. Right. It seems that way. Yeah. Definitely seems that that way. way. Yeah. I think so for sure.
1: So, because one thought I had, especially if she is you know, desiring, Fushi's body, is maybe she wanted. A child from fushi so that she could Mm. gain some sort of status or uh, power within her her, within her people that way
0: that's a really interesting theory without i'm not going to say anything unless you haven't seen it or unless you've seen it but just Uh, just gonna ask you have you seen the cover art of this volume no okay do you want to know what it is or
1: oh is it a spoiler
0: no no it's not it's not Oh, but I I know you've been reluctant, kind of, to to see the the cover arts. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, that's because. It, it, well, I'm reluctant to see the cover arts of the volumes I haven't read yet.
0: Okay, okay. So, basically, the cover art for volume five is Hayase, in like as like. Oh, really? In the focus, uh-huh. and at her feet, between her legs on the ground is a baby. What? Yes.
1: no just a
0: baby like a newborn baby and it looks really disturbing and like she has like her guards kind of behind her but like in the foreground is her and that baby child between her legs
1: no way so so that well okay well now my now my theory has a lot more support
0: (laughs) yes that's why i thought it was interesting (laughs) um and so actually let me say one thing uh-huh. related to this that I could have mentioned earlier, but I think this makes more sense to mention it here. Uh, okay. I think pretty much every, maybe not necessarily every cover art, but pretty much all of them, maybe all of them, but not guaranteed, they are images of a character's dream. Oh. Of their desire. The first volume had the boy, you know, exp- like walking out away kind of you know he he's in the wilderness uh-huh. again walking with his best friend the the wolf toward yeah. better 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 places that was his dream volume two had march as right an adult that was her dream totally volume three had gugu well it had the whole family you know gugu reen and booze man perona oh not perona Pioran. that that family and, like, because that, that was Gugu's dream about having a family and people that cared about him. And Volume 4 is Gugu and Reen together. That was their dream of being together.
1: Oh, that's the Volume 4 cover? Yes. Oh.
0: Gugu without, like, his face is normal also. So, oh. yeah.
1: I gotta see it. Oh, so, like, it, it, it,
0: it's it's their shared dream of being a couple uh, on I could represent it on volume four cover and on mm-hmm. volume five we got this one with Hayase with this baby child between her legs.
1: Man, that is so okay, couple things. One, yeah. that's a spoiler. Spoiler uh... if you put Hayase if you put not well not the baby. I'm talking about Hayase.
0: Okay, okay. <laughs> it's a,
1: it's a spoiler to put Hayase right there because we don't know we the reader, as far as far as we know, it, Hayase mm. is still back in Yamone or that area at
0: least. Yanome.
1: Yanome. and mm. true, true. Yeah, I just think I don't know. I don't. I don't necessarily agree with the cover choice. I mean, I'm sure the art is beautiful and and disturbing. In this <laughs> it is. case,
0: it is. But both of those things, yes.
1: But I w- yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe the next maybe the next cover will be Tonari related, and, ma- and maybe that's the reason why is they wanted to save like Tonari for the next one or, or something.
0: I will say volume six is not a spoiler at all the cover it's nice. it's just tonari kind of just reaching out her hand toward the the camera or whatever you want to say it's like <laughs> it's like n- nothing nothing weird about it right good but but yeah anyway i thought i thought this was an interesting thing about how each one kind of represents a dream of, of the character in question kind of mm-hmm. in some way
1: yeah i don't know i just uh, wonder what that could mean
0: yeah and i i mean i i thought it was interesting because that, that you mentioned the idea of her wanting to bear fushi's child uh the fact that you mentioned that i kind of felt like i wanted to bring this up as well sure sure uh so i thought that was an interesting theory
1: and i guess that brings more credence to how she says my fushi
0: precisely she's very possessive of him
1: mhm and it's not possessive as in like, at least understa- understanding her like obsession with him it's it's not so much as a pet per se but maybe as someone who is crazily obsessed with him I don't don't know yeah
0: I mean she might be in love I mean I don't know
1: I didn't want to say it
0: (laughs) I I felt I felt like you 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 said I felt like you were trying to say that (laughs) so I I stepped in
1: (laughs) thank you I I didn't want to say it just I didn't want to look stupid so
0: I... (laughs) (laughs) I mean we don't know we don't know but she does act erotic with him
1: yeah yeah you're right
0: at the very least gosh well, of course, that doesn't necessarily have to mean that she has romantic feelings for him, but yeah, but maybe yeah. I mean maybe.
1: Uh, that lick was really weird, man. <laughs> she
0: she became such like such an interesting villain, I think. I think through this volume, I R- think oh, totally you know, right. she was already good in the first two volumes, but like she became something entirely different here and like much more much more interesting and disturbing.
1: I'd say she was okay in the first two volumes. I thought when she left the story, I wanted a little bit more from her. And, and I felt like we didn't quite get enough. And so when Fushi left the area, I was kind of like, well, I guess we won't see her again. It's, it's really what I was really what I was thinking it, unless Perona comes back into the story, which mm. I guess technically she did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so... I I was surprised in, in this development, but I think this makes her character so much more interesting. Oh yeah. And just it 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 gives her character more of a purpose as an antagonist. Absolutely. Uh, disturbing, but
0: excited. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess I guess her role in Volume One was better than in Volume Two. I guess. Um, yeah. But but yeah. but yeah. Th- th- this one was a completely new. Uh, new side much much more interesting for sure um, and also i want to ask how dare she mention march's name like the first thing she says when she talks to sushi how dare she uh oh. we also see that she has become an incredibly skilled fighter i mean surely she was before too but like this is like something else like this her speed is like out yeah. of this world
1: <laughs> so when i was first taking my notes i i was i was thinking well maybe she kind of hid this this ability, like her true uh, abilities it, from, from everyone in the first two volumes. Not not because she's trying to keep a secret, but more that she didn't feel a need to do that to, you know, show her op mm. But it gets so crazy what she's able to do that I almost, I'm almost thinking, did she get some sort of power up? Right. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, how is this possible?
0: <laughs> yeah, she... It's, I mean, it's very possible she's just been training really hard over these over these yeah. couple of years.
1: That's true. It's been years. It's been, it's been at least five years. Yeah, At like, least four years, maybe five.
0: Pr- precisely, yeah. Some, somewhere between there. Yeah. But yeah, in, in the end, she uses the Western Morning Glory to defeat Fushi again. And then using her high level of charisma, she seems to be able to earn the loyalty of a lot of the people on that island so that's that could be pretty dangerous
1: oh indeed i i think she has a point about protecting fushi from the knockers or assisting him with the knockers mm. and i think I, I i i i liked where that was going but she's obviously using that for all manipulative purposes yeah uh so it's, it's a shame that it that's the way it's going but if if these people are I mean I, I don't think it will go this way, but if these people are willing to kind of become Fushi's <laughs> army in a way, <laughs> that could be good. Although that might that might be against what the be, what the beholder would want or Maybe. at least suggest that is good for Fushi. Mm, yeah.
0: But I at, at the very least, like you said, her words there there, there is something good in it, I think. Yeah. Like, I agree. I agree about that. But at the same time, yeah, we we know who she is. Like, she is not a good mm-hmm. person.
1: She's a rapist. Yeah. Potentially.
0: Right. I mean, at the very least, yeah. yeah she, she's bad regardless. And, man, yeah. Things are looking pretty bad right now.
1: <laughs> it's really funny how i think in the volume one i thought that she could potentially become like a vegeta type character yes i, I where, remember <laughs> where there would be some sort of redemption for them
0: uh-huh
1: i i just don't see it happening anymore I, maybe i'm wrong i just it would have to there would have to be a lot of change and personal self-reflection <sighs> for that to occur
0: yeah yeah it, it, yeah it would be a Big arc. It would require a big arc. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Could be interesting though. But yeah, anything more on Hayase?
1: Yeah, I think that's everything.
0: Gotcha. Then the rest of them, I don't think we'll talk too much about. But let's start with Piorin. So you know, she was a Yanmei prisoner when they first when we first met her in the story because she had supposedly poisoned ten people, uh, which. First of all, I guess we can't know for sure if that's true. That that's what Tonari—that's the information that Tonari had received about mm-hmm. Piorin. Although personally, I feel like it might very well be be true. Like I, I wouldn't at all be surprised. I I'd
1: say ten is too low. <laughs> yes, honestly.
0: <laughs> yeah, like it. It's considering she she we always or not always, but from very early on we knew she was a prisoner, uh, you know, a criminal of some sort. And also have, you know, her association with Boozman. He's already shady as fuck. So, (laughs) you know, she... Yeah, makes sense, I think. I wasn't surprised to hear that.
1: (laughs) I wonder if she was... Because they say poisoned, and and maybe she was just being rebellious. But I wonder if she was a spy of some sorts in her younger days for her country against the Yanome.
0: Right, yeah. Like, I've also had, like, thoughts about that. Because we know... That volumes three and four take place in Takunaha, which mm-hmm. seems to be at war with Yanome, at least based on what and tells Fushi when they're on their way to Takunaha. Yeah. So since she seems to be living there, I think that's I think that's a very good possibility given also what we learn about her past in this volume. So yeah so, so, some something like that makes sense, I think.
1: I love I loved her and fushi's reunion yeah was very wholesome totally you know, like seeing grandma again after years yeah apart or something <laughs> like that so it was great
0: that was that was great so yeah i really hope i really hope that the two of them can get off the island safely in the next volume the two of them and tonari and her crew as well that would be nice that would be that would be ideal maybe too too hopeful <laughs> i don't know
1: <laughs> yeah for this story i mean you know
0: yeah yeah but i guess if we have anything to talk about perona she did come back in a sense but perhaps not in the way we had wanted her to <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay here um, let me let me let me just say mm-hmm. i'm upset perona potentially died uh just off screen like that like no warning whatsoever i think it mm-hmm. was an effective way for us to for us for the reader to feel similarly to fushi in that moment
0: oh yes oh yes
1: but i'm i'm less upset that she died and more that she didn't get any more screen time of her being herself that's fair to me i felt while while i loved the arc that was there i felt like there could have been even more for her character um and the way it ended off it felt like maybe she would come back again not not in this way but Mm. somehow bring it bring together maybe Fushi learns to transform into others without them dying somehow, which is totally against the whole principle hmm. concept. Was, and Beho- and Beholder has said that's basically how it works. Right. So it doesn't, it doesn't seem that's possible. No. And I'm just sucking on the copium.
0: <laughs> that's fair. That's fair.
1: <laughs> but I, you know, I, I it, it, to me, it just wasn't, it, it really wasn't fair to have a character that I really loved mm-hmm. just, die off screen like that and not not come back.
0: It's hard, man. Yeah, I, it's hard. I feel your pain. It's uh I, you know what well, you know, so I I think it's safe to safe to assume that she is dead based on, you know, the mm-hmm. syst, the magic system of Fushi. And
1: Yeah. And based on what Hi- Hayase said as well.
0: Oh yeah, right, exactly. Precisely. She straight up said she 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 killed her. She said that. Um but thinking about how how she died and like well I think it must have happened very very shortly after Fushi left in volume two you know we, oh. we, we saw the last we saw of uh perona was she shot Hayase in the hand I imagine pretty much right after that Hayase just approached her and and she killed her I imagine it was not much time happened like that, that passed between those between that
1: that also bugs me though because because I, I, I was thinking I was thinking about that as well why wouldn't he transform into prona earlier even if he knew even even he didn't think she was dead he had remembered her or at least given words about her or, or he said quotes from her he that would have yeah. caused him to remember her
0: but he he never tried to take her form yeah well, you're right well i I guess I guess, I guess I guess though you do have a point though since he took gugu's form right after gugu had died Kind of yeah. spontaneously, so that's fair. Although I guess I guess we can't really, yeah, uh, understand everything about that. But, but I ha-
1: yeah. I did I did think that maybe maybe there was a, a somewhat of a period after that, like during the four years where he was Gugu. Maybe that's when she died. But she doesn't look like she's aged at all. When
0: yeah,
1: at least from last time that. Fushi saw it, unless it unless it works that Fushi transforms into the last thing he remembers of the person.
0: Exactly. I've had those thoughts as well, like which yeah. whichever one it is, we can't really know for sure.
1: Yeah. At this point. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's my thoughts.
0: Right. And well, the last we did see of her was as I said, you know, she shot hayase in the hand and her reaction to that, if I recall, was like really negative. Like Mm-hmm. I, I think that th- there's the guy next to her up in that tower. He's like, yeah, you hit her. Like, he was, like, really happy that she actually hit her in some way. Mm-hmm. But her reaction was like, no, I missed. Like, she, she was, like, really down on, on herself for that. Probably because she realized that that made her realize that, okay, yeah, this is this is the end. This is over. Like, mm. that woman is going to kill me now. Or kill us. Or maybe all <laughs> of us. Like, kill the whole village. Like, she probably mm. did that. She probably killed March's right. parents and everyone there i wouldn't be surprised
1: potentially um like and and
0: i think that might be why perona reacted so negatively and like just really like feeling so defeated in that moment because she she kind of realized that shit yeah we've blown our cover with this now and it it's it's over
1: as the beholders say at least it's pretty useful
0: right (laughs) yeah her body is light it's like bruh um yeah. Um actually do you want to talk about the beholder next? Yeah, sure. So well I don't have much on him. The only thing I noted down for him was that he warned Fushi about the knocker attack well ahead of time this time. Um, you know, as opposed to the previous volume where he basically gave gave like a thirty second warning. Hmm. But in this one he actually gave a, a pretty good warning. Uh yeah. It just, you know, Fushi got distracted sadly and it ended up yeah being for naught, but at least we know that now that the beholder is willing to give Fushi some pretty good warnings well ahead of time, so that's that's pretty awesome.
1: That's good. It could be because the knockers are just getting stronger and stronger.
0: Oh, yeah, he senses them easier. yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense.
1: A couple of things on the beholder. I wonder how he views humanity. He seems to mention good points about them qualities but then he also kind of talks down about about them so it's almost as if he's not human himself which I, I I'd be surprised if he was yeah so there's that and then the other thing Well, I guess the point of bringing that up is well you know what the heck is he
0: yeah <laughs> I guess exactly <laughs> uh
1: the other thing is something he said pain promotes growth he may have said that before I'm not sure but
0: I think he may have Maybe.
1: Pain can promote growth, but it also can be damaging to, to people. Um, oh, yeah. it, could prom- it could it could be a decrease instead of an increase. True. And So I, I don't think it's wise to tell people that all the time. Um, yeah. While it is an important lesson to learn from our mistakes and learn from the pain, sometimes those moments can be traumatizing and be hard to get over but anyway just just something i was thinking about
0: yeah yeah no i think you're entirely right about that yeah yeah it is interesting like he like about like what on earth is he uh he has referred to the way i interpreted it anyway back in volume two he he referred to possibly earth as his garden Mm. um as we talked about so if that's the case. And if that interpretation is correct, then it's possible he created the Earth. At the very least, he created Fushi. That's all we know for sure. Mm
1: -mm.
0: And then supposedly, there's the Knockers. Do they have a creator, or are the Knockers kind of on the same level as the Beholder? It is interesting. Yeah. So, any other character you want to talk about that we missed?
1: Not so much a character, just Jananda itself. Yes. This is a very interesting place, having... The prisoners kind of rule the rule themselves in a way. Yeah. And how they decide their leaders through through just murder or just coliseum type battle. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting system, and I don't know how the powers, the, the world powers, were able to agree on that because it seems that mm-hmm. the Yonome clan are known and have some sort of power. Hayase was considered a guest. Right. So I guess. Maybe there's multiple nation powers that send prisoners to this Colosseum area, maybe? Precisely.
0: Uh, yeah, it's it's very possible, I think. And also, um, Tonari mentioned kind of the origins of the island. And if I recall, she said something like, at the start, a nation was uh, responsible for like make, like supervising it all. Hmm. She, or like a country. like she, she didn't specify which country. She only said that, that there was a country that was in charge of it. But yeah, eventually, eventually, they just kind of handed responsibility <laughs> over to the prisoners themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting. So yeah, I guess that's uh, volume five. So besides characters
1: and I guess the nation, I have just some random funny stuff that I want
0: to yeah mention. Do it to it.
1: I like finding curly hair. Oh, <laughs> wait, yeah. <what? laughs> uh, wait, can you repeat that? <laughs> <laughs> that was
0: <laughs> that was so weird.
1: <laughs> like. The guy says, "I like eating poultry." He's like, "Okay, I mean, whatever, glutton." <laughs> but, but then she's, like, "I like bunny." What? What? Like, yeah, <laughs> like, whatever. That, that is, was really
0: weird. That was so weird, and I love it. <laughs> but I guess
1: that's that's her character. She, I guess she's kind of, kind of quirky. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: maybe they're all supposed to be a little quirky. Uh, <laughs> Tonati, Tonati's a really awkward laugh, like like forced awkward laugh when. Uh huh. He says you guys are weird because you're like forcing a smile or whatever. Yeah. And she just goes off on a laughing tirade. It's re- it's really awkward and unsettling.
0: Yeah. And her like her the post that she assumes when she does it is like
1: Yeah, yeah. Hearing that in the anime is going to be is going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's going to be great. <laughs>
1: um, the noodles putting everybody to sleep was funny. I didn't I didn't see that coming.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I remember the noodles and I was like, "Oh, that was, oh yeah, he had that food. Yeah, everyone's in full. And he's like, oh wait, the, 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 the Western morning glory.
0: Right, yeah. <laughs> Fushi was just as surprised.
1: <laughs> he's like, oh, I had that in there? Ah. <laughs> uh, and then my absolutely favorite line in this entire manga, and, and up there with my favorite lines of all time, Ooh. I want to eat that. Oh yes. <laughs> and just the panel of the, of the crazy man yeah oh my
0: gosh yeah you sent me like uh. two times you sent me that picture and like I, I it, this is going to become a meme like
1: it needs it, <laughs> to it needs to
0: it's so it's so it's good it's so hilarious <laughs> I never thought of it as I, as that funny until you pointed it out like I, I guess I guess I always <laughs> it was cool I guess like I, I never disliked it but like the first time you pointed it out I was like oh my god this is fucking hilarious <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i love it
1: i i said uh just just so people could see how um degenerate i am uh, i i sent pedro a picture of just a cute picture of chica from love is war and i said i want and i posed the picture i want to eat that <laughs> not in, not, uh, not in any other, like terrible meeting just yeah. just just funny just it's, funny cute it's, it's anyway,
0: great anyway. oh my god you know what when we get off this recording after this, I'm gonna make that into an emoji on our Discord server. Yes, we need this. Yes, we, we need this. Uh, by the way, we have a no, we have an open Discord server for anyone who wants to join. Oh, it. please come. If you're <laughs> if you're listening on YouTube, there's a link in the video description to our Umami Manga uh, Discord server. It's a pretty small Discord server at this point, but you know, we talk about anime, manga, weeb stuff on there. It's fun. Um, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, great, great volume.
1: Yeah, it was really good. It's a good story being told.
0: For sure, for sure. And I'm really excited for Volume 6. And yeah, I guess that's it. If you enjoy our content, you can follow us on Twitter at Umami Manga. And if you like this episode, please share it around with anyone you think might enjoy it too. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time where we'll talk about Volume 6. Bye-bye. See
1: you later.